You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to another edition of the Arrowhead Pride interview series. I'm pleased to be joined by an NFL writer for the last 25 years. He is the editor-in-chief of our counterpart site, Silver and Black Pride. Bill Williamson, welcome to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You guys do great work over there. Really oh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, we are an AFC West rivaling type of blog mm -hmm. and situation here. So we're going to continue our around the AFC West series uh, with the Raiders. And we start usually these conversations with the quarterback position. And of course, that's Derek Carr for the mm -hmm. Raiders. They're all in on Derek Carr. And I want to go to a quote that was released last week where he said, we were three or four plays away from having 12 or 11 wins, literally three plays. We were so close, especially we feel so confident on the offensive side with all the weapons and all those kinds of things. Now adding Gus Bragley and Yanis and the different guys we've added to our defense. I mean, we're kind of excited to say the least. So we're really looking forward to the season. Is this something that you agree with? You disagree with? How do you feel about these words from Carr? Well, I mean, there's a lot to say there. Um, ultimately, I I don't know if I agree with him because I don't think it's true. I, I, I actually got some heat for it because I did a tweet. Um, it, it was on Pro Football Talk, and I quote, tweeted Pro Football Talk saying, yeah, but, okay, you can take that lane, but you can also take the other lane. You're five plays away from being 3-13. Three and 13. Right. That's the NFL season. It is ebbs and flows, and, you know, to quote Bill Parcells, you are what you are. They were eight and eight, and I think at the end of the day, that's what they were an eight and eight team. Maybe seven and nine team, maybe nine and seven team. Eight and eight is what they were. They weren't good enough for the playoffs, and that's what it is. So sometimes I think Derek is—he's a very nice person. He's very optimistic. He—he—he he, he feels that's how he needs to lead, and that's fine. But it's also kind of misleading to say, oh, I mean, they had, you know, point to the Miami loss, which was, you know, ridiculous that night after Christmas, the uh, Saturday night game. But they had the counterpart with the Jets win, which, you know, cost Greg Williams his job. Yeah. Those are the two silliest endings in the NFL. And then you get the two Charger games. And then you get the two Chiefs games. So, yeah, I mean, they were competitive, but they were 8-8. Eight and eight. So I just don't think it's as simple. The, the, two, the 2021 Raiders season is as simple as if we can just really tighten up at the end in three games, we're an elite team. I, I don't know if – I think that's a little disingenuous. I think my question specifically when it comes to Carr and the Chiefs is – 
why does he look like Brett Favre in these games and, and is daring? And it seems like it's just another player. Can you make any rhyme or reason for why Carr, at least last year, played the Chiefs in a different style in a different way? Yeah, I mean, last year, I mean, you know, this is a guy that really struggled against the Chiefs right. going into last year. It was really the albatross of his career <laughs> hanging right. over him, um, you know, and it was a big win for him to win in Kansas City. And, you know, uh, was it victory lap worthy? I don't know. But <laughs> um, but it was a it was a big win. And um, yeah, he played well against them and he played well a, a lot. But then. I think what I think the key was that the Raiders offensive line really had its way against the defensive line in those two games. Yeah. Um, and he is at his best when he's getting really good protection. I know that's easy to say that's kind of the key to a lot of quarterbacks, but with him in particular, and I think, you know, you didn't ask this question, but in a broader scope and yeah. in the, really the Raiders offensive because, I mean, the Raiders are going to get to the playoffs if they have a great offense, right? That's that's what it's going to be. They need a great offense this year. Um, you know, the offensive line changed dramatically. They traded three starters, and they have, you know, they have uh, a lot of young, unproven guys. And, and you have Richie Incognito, who's on the other side. He's 38, and he only played in two games last year. This offensive line has to stay healthy, and it has to – the young guys have to really produce um, – or it could be, you know, a, a tough season for Derek Carr as far as, you know, being protected and being comfortable. He's at his best when he's comfortable. Yeah, what what I found interesting about the Raiders offseason, and you mentioned it, was the trades along the offensive line with the three positions. And I just, from the outside looking in, it almost seemed like they created, in a sense, their own problem that they had to fix. Now, this is a Mike Mayock type of deal. Mike Mayock is coming into another year with John Gruden. Do you think that this particular season, given a lot of the offseason moves, puts Mike Mayock on the hot seat in a sense? Yeah, because John Gruden is never going to be on the hot seat. So somebody's going to have to be. Right. Um, you know, it's like Reggie McKenzie. We Reggie McKenzie was dead man walking in Oakland when John Gruden got the job in 2018. Um, but the thing is, John Gruden never said he was. He's like, me and Reggie go back for 25 years in Green Bay and we're a team and yeah, yeah, you know? And then they sucked and the season ended and Mike Mayock was in, um, the, I think it was the last game was in Kansas City that year and Mike was in the press box. He was basically already hired, you know, and he got, so this was coming. Um, so yeah, this is, you know, there is no move in Las Vegas, that happens without John Gruden okaying it, or, or or maybe even initiating it. Yeah. And um, so yeah, but Mike Mayock will be the guy who takes the fall. If this team doesn't make the playoffs this year, and no, and there's no major major injury crisis, um, yeah, somebody's got to go. I mean, look at there's seven teams go go in the playoffs. That's nearly half the conference. This right. is like NBA stuff now. And John, <laughs> John Gruden. Um, he's the only coach in the NFL that hasn't made the playoffs in the last three years who is still a head coach. So, and again, Mark Davis loves John Gruden. He's not going to fire him. I'm glad, the only way that would happen is if they go two and 15 or something. And, uh, but yeah, so in answer your question, yeah, if, if things are bad, I, I, I would think Mike Mayock could be in trouble. Let's say with Mayock then, and I, I have a feeling maybe we already discussed the most significant 
offseason loss, but your most significant offseason loss for the Raiders, and then, in your opinion, their most significant addition this offseason? Well, I'll give you three additions. Um, you know, Yannick Nagakwe, I, I got to learn that. It's, I, I, it's man. It's, it's like it's like saying Adamakin Sue. I, I understand. There's probably you a know, learning process there. I finally learned how to spell his name when in free agency in 2015 when the Raiders were close to him. <laughs> At least that's something I have. But anyways, Yannick is a good pass rusher. I don't know if he's an elite pass rusher, but at two years, uh, $26 million, I thought that was a good get. Um, he's their best pass rusher now. He's a guy that has 45 and a half sacks in five years. Hasn't had double digits since 2017. And a guy who's traded the last couple, two, two times last year. So that's a red flag. And some people think that he doesn't always have the best motor. But I think he's going to be motivated. He's only 26 years old. Um, and you got Max Crosby, who's a nice player. Max Crosby was on the field, I think, as much as any defensive end last year in the NFL. And he's not an overly big guy. And, you know, in a best-case scenario, he's a – and this is no knock on him, but he's a third-down monster, you know. He can he showed he can play all four downs, but he he's probably best when he's rested. So I think having Yannick and Max being a kind of a combination – I think that can really help the Raiders. And then number two, I think the addition of Trevon Morig, I think in the second round, I think he really saved the Raiders draft. Um, the Raiders needed a free safety and they felt comfortable getting one at 48. But all of a sudden, Holland goes 36 to Miami. Yeah. Richie Grant, who was really their ace in the hole at 48, he goes at 40, and now they're panicking. And Morig was the guy who wasn't supposed to get past, like, 27. And now he's falling. Dallas is at 44, I believe. Right. John Gruden calls up his former player, John Lynch, at 43 in San Francisco, and they make the deal on the clock. And if that doesn't happen, they miss out on Morig, and they don't have a free safety. And uh, so I thought that was really important. And then Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator, is another strong addition. Um, Raider fans really think he's the answer. Um, that worries me a little bit because they thought, you know, that's what fans do, right? The right. new guy is always the answer. And the old guy is a villain. You know, the old guy is the Antichrist. You know, Paul Paul Gunther, oh, my God, the worst guy ever. Well, you celebrated when he came in with John Gruden. And he celebrated when Ken Norton Jr. came in in 2015. He celebrated when uh, Dennis uh, Allen became head coach in 2012. So I think fans, and that's not picking on Raider fans. That's just right. what fans do. So I don't know if Chris Bradley's going to be better, but he's worked with John Gruden in the past. Um, they trust each other. And he's a player's coach, and we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, th those three additions are all defense, and I think they should help. Yeah, I want to stay with the draft with you. And you mentioned the free safety pick and NFL fans and, and how they could be fickle. It seemed like there's different opinions on draft night, but it seemed the predominant opinion was that the Raiders might have reached for the offensive lineman in the first round, Alex Leatherwood. What was your reaction? Do you think that they might have reached for him? Or uh, is this maybe a little bit more overblown than, than people think? Well, I mean... If he comes in and he's and he's great, it's not overblown, right? Right. But that's just that's what the draft is. Yeah, it was a reach. He wasn't going anytime. There was there was some talk that well, Baltimore was thinking about taking him at twenty seven. That's still ten picks down the road. Right. 
you know, you can still go to 22 and, and get a quality mid-round pick. Um, and then there was, I think it was Peter King after you know, Baltimore wasn't, wasn't in on him. <laughs> so who yeah. knows? The right. bottom line is he's either going to be good or he's going to be average or he's going to be a bust. One of those three, right? Um, he better be good at, at, at 17. You yeah. know, he, hey, look at, he was a leader on the best team in football, college football. And I mean, you know, he's an Alabama kid. Um, so that's that's nice. I think I, I think the you know Mayock and Gruden really love guys from big programs. If you look at their first round picks, it's Clemson, it's Alabama, it's Ohio State. Um, you know programs. We'll see. I talked to a scout right after the draft and said, you know, he may not be spectacular, but he's going to be our, our starting right tackle for the next eight years. Is that worth seventeen? We'll see. I mean, the the main thing is protecting your quarterback. And right. as you were saying, I, I know that the Raiders had some work to do there. Right. I want to stay in the offense and just talk about the running back position. I know Kenyon Drake was brought in to pair with Josh Jacobs. What do you make of that situation? A lot of people like saying, oh, the Raiders are weird in their moves. And, yeah. you know, they've earned that to a certain degree. Signing a backup running back when you have other needs to an $11 million contract over two years. When you have Josh Jacobs, it may be a luxury, right. but John Gruden loves his playbook. He loves adding wrinkles to his playbook. That's why he picked Lynn Bowden last year, you know, and it didn't work out. Yeah, Drake is a guy that he's liked from afar. You know, like when he was scouting him Monday night, he's, he liked that guy. He liked Martavius Bryant when he, you know, that didn't work out either. Um, and I, I think Drake will work out. Um, Drake saying that I'm going to play some wide receiver. I don't know if he's going to be a classic wide receiver. I think there's going to be some alignment, some formations. You know, for everything you want to say about John Gruden as a head coach and a decision maker and a front office guy, he is a pretty good play caller. I, I think he's close to being an elite play caller. There's some there's some cool stuff going on on that offense during games. Right. And um so I think that's going to add a wrinkle. I think it's going to keep Josh Jacobs fresh. And I think that's important. This is a guy that's, he's tough. He is durable, but he gets banged up a lot, but he keeps coming back. So if you can keep him a little fresher and his yards per carry went down very significantly in year two. And that's scary for a guy at 22 years old and who you picked in the first round. So I think right. this is about protection. I think this is about keeping him fresh and keeping defenses on their toes. I, in, in the end, luxury, but why not? Sure. And it, it's worth noting, too, from the Chiefs perspective, that Andy Reid and John Gruden were together on that Green Bay staff in the 90s yeah. and remain good friends to this day, even though they are the division rivals. Bill, what's your greatest Raiders concern entering this season? Huh. Interesting. Can the defense take a big leap to just being average? Right. And can that offensive line gel quickly? Because if those two things don't happen, it's not going to be good. And, you know, and their schedule is interesting. They, the schedule is, you know, pretty bottom heavy as in December and in January. But I think the first four games are sneaky, tough, and very important. It's Baltimore is a top level AFC team. Then you go to Pittsburgh, and I don't know what to think about Pittsburgh, but if Ben is healthy, you know, it's a game at Pittsburgh. That's, and then you have Miami, who I think could be a handful. 
at home. And then you got the Chargers on the road. Um, so you got four AFC playoff contenders you're playing to start the season in the first quarter of the year. And if you don't come out of that at least two and two, you get a pretty big hole. Right. And the Chiefs have a, a tough beginning of their season the first five weeks as well. I think the AFC West will be really interesting to look at around week six because whoever plays the best early on is going to have a major advantage as you go, I think. How do you think the Raiders will fare against the Chiefs specifically this season after they were able to get that win last year? I think that's up to the Chiefs. You know, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, you know I think the Chiefs uh, might be really pissed off at the Raiders. And, you know, we'll see. Um, I, Chiefs are superior in their talent, obviously. I don't think that's I'm not, no breaking news there. The Raiders are confident, though. And John Gruden, is, is those two Chiefs weeks, are, he's going to, especially the first one, he's going to say, hey, we should beat these guys, both games. Right. And they were right there. Those are two really good games. It's been an interesting dynamic, I will say. In the Marty Schottenheimer days, it felt like on the Kansas City side, there was this intense desire and this up for Raiders week, where in this Andy Reid era, he kind of downplays it a little bit and says, you know, it's just another game we're looking at. But on the other side, it does seem like in Vegas slash Oakland, John Gruden puts a lot of emphasis still on Chiefs week on that side. And, And there does seem a little bit of an added intensity from the Vegas side when it comes to the two Chiefs weeks. Yeah, and because it's Big Brother, you know. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, they just they they just popped the champagne in, in Arrowhead and took that lap, and that was a uh, that was a move, you know. That was a move that they're going to have to live with, and I don't think they regret it. I, he was ridiculous the way he hand blaming the poor schlubby bus driver, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, hey, and I have friends who are schlubby bus drivers. No sure. offense to schlubby bus drivers, but you gotta own that, John. That was your move. You did it. In this in this world, you're gonna get caught. That's not that wasn't gonna be a secret, right? You right. know. So yeah, I don't. Does that does that spill over to this season? Uh, probably not, but. You know, I, I think I think Patrick Mahomes is a guy. Well, we've seen it on the field. He he remembers things, right? Of course. So, and uh, you know, I would I be surprised if we see uh, this after uh, after <laughs> maybe. You know, I don't know. So, but I, you know what? Why not have fun? It's just life. I agree with you. I agree with you. I there's a there's a point where it, I I enjoy when. For example, teams do things like that. Whenever there's a WWE aspect to the game, when you have Mahomes counting on his fingers when they're playing Chicago, for example, or Lamar Jackson with the NFL Top 100. Yeah. Uh, For those of you just listening, Bill did a bus driver type of motion with his hand. So we'll see if Patrick Mahomes does something like that when they do play the Raiders. I don't want that to happen now. I know, Bill. I know. We do, though. I think we all do over here. Um, what's your way too early season prediction? We'll close here. What's your way too early season prediction for the Las Vegas Raiders? I'm a realist. Mm-hmm. I don't try to over nine and eight, eight and nine, something like that. And yeah. and you just you just feel like maybe they'll get over that hump slightly. What's interesting about that record prediction is with the seven teams that get in it, you you might sneak into the playoffs. It's going to be really interesting to see how that 17th game impacts what will be like that race for the seventh position for example yeah i think they're nine or ten in the conference right now going in right uh, you know again pittsburgh is, is a team to watch new england is a team to watch 
you know, I, I think the Raiders could be better than both those teams, but I think there's other, I think the Chargers could be really good. I think the Dolphins could be really good, you know, and so we'll see. And maybe some of those, uh, you know, Colts should be good too. So we'll see. I think it's going to be, uh, I think the AFC is strong. All right, Bill, thank you for taking some time with us. Before we go, I know there's going to be two Raiders weeks this year. How can Chiefs fans access your stuff? What's the best way to follow you uh, on those given weeks and really for the NFL season as Chiefs fans look to their rival? Well, Silver and Black Pride. And then, uh, you know, I'm at B. Williamson NFL. And we, we just got, uh, you know, a new additions to our staff. And I'm really excited about these guys. Uh, B.D. Williams, Matt Holder, Marcus Johnson, real film-type guys. Awesome. Um, and I'm not. I'm just an old, you know, ink-stained wretch, old guy <laughs> who's been in the business a long time and focuses on news and, and, and things. and get, So I'm excited about this season. He's Bill Williamson, Silver and Black Pride. Thank you for joining us on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network interview series. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta.